We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports press and journalism. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. It's all the information for educational purposes only. This week's guest is the 2021 Esports Awards Journalist of the Year, Kevin Hitt. Kevin is a veteran esports journalist for the Sports Business Journal and Sports Business Daily, owners of the Esports Observer. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. And don't forget 2022 nominee for esports uh, yes. journalist of the year. And we think it was rigged. <laughs> and that's why he didn't win back to back. But we can talk I, about that. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, but in all seriousness, no, no, Ashley did a great job. And what a list of, of people, right? Just the, the who's who's doing a great job. So it, it was, I mean, it humbling to be nominated and uh, a pretty cool thing that they're doing. Amazing. So yeah, we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but I wanted to kind of start off. Tell us about your past esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played, and how did you transition to the business side of the industry? I can literally say the first game I played was um, Tank or Combat. It was called Combat on the Atari 2600, right? So um, I played Combat. It was a tank game, two-dimensional. Um, but I'm that guy that has had every, from the Atari 2600 to the 5200 to the Amigas, ColecoVision, Intellivision, Sega, 3DO, uh, you name it, I've played it. I've played games my entire life. Um, had a 300 baud modem in my house. I can still remember my dad yelling at me to get off the damn phone. Um and so, yeah, I've played video games my entire life, um, but the way that I got into the journalism is just such a, a bizarre um, streak of events and turns and twists that I'll just say that uh, I'm basically uh, knowing of all, master of nothing, and ended up in this whole uh, gaming and esports journalism space in about uh, 2015, I believe it was. So what kind of like helped you, you know, inspired you to look at it and kind of transition into it? Yeah, well, so, you know, I'm a big baseball guy. That was my thing. Uh, I played volleyball at Northern Michigan University, but I was actually better at baseball, but I'm an idiot. I'm only 5'9", and, uh, you know, I went to play volleyball at Northern Michigan, and um, but baseball has always been my first love. So it was uh, around 2015 that I um, went to work for Rotowire. 
um, you know, writing for them and uh, writing baseball notes for fantasy baseball and pitching and who's doing what. Um, and one day Rotowire literally just said, um, hey, do you play video games? I'm like, yeah. They're like, cool, you're in esports now. Now, for me, you know, I had played um, uh, Battlefield in a ladder, like on Star Ladder. They had these leagues, and me and my buddies would play Battlefield. We'd play CSGO. So I actually played competitive esports in a purely amateur um, ladder system that Star Ladder was doing. Um, and so that's where I sort of learned it. But then, um, Rotowire was actually uh, contracted with ESPN, um, and they were taking our notes. Like we would write, um, you know, for instance, so and so had a KDA of five, six, and zero in their match against Team Secret on Saturday. Um, this and that. So I was writing match notes and um, notes about players uh, for ESPN, and that's really where people started to see uh, what I can do and then uh, wrote uh, a couple of articles uh, had instant for whatever reason I'm good at getting into the places I want to go so I uh, got into esports started developing a you know a core group of people that I spoke to about the industry and uh, it just so happens that they trusted me and uh, I started writing um, after that, uh, articles on ESPN, um, VP Esports, uh, even had a couple on Dot Esports, uh, worked for Deserto. I mean, I've literally worked for just about every uh, esports outlet there is. And now I'm at um, Sports Business Journal. And what I can say has been the absolute best stop in my career as I am learning from top-notch editors that have been in the game for over 30 years, uh, teaching me how to uh, refine my work and uh, be a better reporter. Definitely. So it, it's funny because I kind of came the reverse, coming from the sports into the esports. And I knew about the sports business journal. It was like one of those things yeah. I just wanted to read it and get a copy of it because it's a very pricey thing. Oh, yeah. There's gold in there, especially as a sports business you know, professional, someone who's trying to get an in or to learn what's going on the insight you can't really get anywhere else. And I don't know if that exists in any other area of entertainment to that level where you needed this and every agent, every manager, like they just had it because you had to have it. Yeah. I mean, look, we've got guys like Mark Cuban retweeting our stuff, right? Um, you know, he was at uh, our, one of our uh, conferences just last December, I believe it was. And basically what sports business journal is just really good at is giving those people that want to know more about the space that are looking to invest in the space and spend some money there. We just give you, in my opinion, the best information to make the best, um, you know, guesses, if you will, or the best investments on where to put your money. And that's why people read us, right? Um, they want to know what's the state of the industry, what are the trends, what's looking good right now, um, what's looking bad right now. As we, you know, we're not just a Pollyanna website where we write everything is great, but you know, we keep definite track of the good, the bad, the ugly, and we help people make informed decisions on where they want to spend their money. And I think that's what we are really, really good at over there. Amazing. So tell us a little bit more about your day to day, you know, kind of what your favorite part of the job is. My favorite part of the day is 
talking to uh, sources, contacts, and friends in the industry. It's funny because I, I do get paid to be on the phone a lot. <laughs> and um, sometimes, you know, that can be a tedious task. But um, my favorite part of the day is just learning about what people are doing, why they're doing it. I mean, I've become so educated on how people that are worth billions of dollars operate successful businesses and that people that used to be worth billions of dollars have run their business into the ground. Um, I can tell you, I was actually uh, on the phone with Sam Bankman Fried. I did an interview with him talking about his uh, investment uh, sponsorship partnership with TSM. Um, you know, I, I, I'm speaking to guys like that. Um, a sports business journal has such um, pull with people that are influential. Um, and, and so I'm able to speak with them. And I you know, think you may have even commented it uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, Mark Cuban asked me, what do I think about the state of esports, right? And so I, I think when you know you carry SBJ around, um, it really does open doors. And uh, you know that is the best part of my day is, is talking to everybody in the industry and uh, you know finding out what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an amazing kind of point that you bring up, being able to kind of bridge these worlds. I think there's a lot of you know corollaries and ancillary things between the sports and the esports and gaming space but i think you need someone that kind of speaks both languages in order to speak to both audiences correctly and i think that's kind of what you guys are kind of working on and doing a really great job with yeah i mean well you know ben fisher adam stern you know those guys were um you know, dabbled in esports for a while. Adam now doing NASCAR, and I think Ben's doing NFL stuff. Um, but before that, they they helped work on esports for a while at SBJ, and those two are crushing it now. Um, you know, getting some of the best stories in, in all of sports. And I think you're right in that if you've got somebody such as Ben, Adam, myself. Um, that no sports, right? That we literally, you know, I played in college, um, played in high school, um, coached in college. And, you know, for, I could say, you know, I coached uh, NC2A collegiately for 15 seasons, right? So I can speak the language of these guys, you know, the Cronkies, the Crafts, the Wilpons, the Cubans, the Millers, um, you name it. These guys that know sports, I can come in and be able to talk to them in such a way that they understand and you know they're just not brushing me off as some nerd that you know doesn't understand what's going on so knowing what they're doing definitely has helped me you know as you said bridge the gap and be able to communicate more effectively absolutely so what's like the most difficult part of your job you would say Man, the most difficult part of my job is getting publishers to talk. <laughs> they, Activision Blizzard, uh, Epic, uh, um, um, Riot, there's just been this thing forever that, I, you know, even before I got here in esports, there's just been this thing where publishers just are unwilling to speak with the media about just about anything. You know, when they mess up, they oftentimes think it's just going to go away. And they give you a prepared statement that we're they sorry try, yeah, and we're looking yeah. into it. Yeah, they try to get in front of you. Like, you know, you, you say, hey, we're working on a story. Uh, you ask for a quote. 
30 minutes later, they put out a tweet trying to get in front of the story you just told them you were going to publish. That has happened multiple times to me. Um, Yeah. So the most difficult part is, you know, right now publishers hold all the cards. They just absolutely do. They own the IP. They own everything. They can do what they want. And so it's almost impossible to get them. I mean, you know how many times I've reached out to Mark Merrill and Bobby Kotick just to even talk about good things. Um, and they just absolutely won't talk to anybody. And it's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of people in the space that would love to hear about, you know, why they even got into video gaming and what they're doing and what makes it good for them. Yet, you know, they hide behind the Iron Curtain and won't speak to anybody. And they're so. scared. They're worried about the wrong thing, the wrong interview. And, you know, I think that, like you said, as fans, like they hold all the cards and they kind of control the whole ecosystem because everything is based on their game. So if they're not engaging with us and they're kind of like, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind the veil, you know, we you see and get what we want you to have. It Oh, yeah. It kind of disconnects it. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I I think as a older person in the space, um, I'm known as Pops in any newsroom I go in. Um, I have an understanding that you know people are going to make mistakes, and I'm not a cancel culture guy, so I'm not going for the throat in every single interview like a lot of these people I know. Just like you mess up once, they want you to quit your job, they want you to never work again, live in squalor. I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. I just want to get to the bottom of things. I want to, uh, you know, let my readers decide what it is we're talking about. You know, my job is to um, basically shine a light on things, write about it, and let my readers make their own opinions. And if you mess up, why can't people just own it? Own it, say what happened, moved on. Um, and, and, and go from there. But as I found out, the video game industry is literally one of the most closed mouth, tight lipped spaces I have ever seen. Except when you get a, a drink or two in front of these people and you're standing <laughs> with them and then they tell you everything. And oh, there's anything. definitely ways. <laughs> there's definitely ways. More than you ways. even want to know. I've learned some stuff which is like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. No, th- I mean there's definitely ways of cultivating sources, right? But I I really do my best and I, and I, I believe anybody that has spoken to me would tell you that – um, I know what's off the record, what's on the record, and um, they will talk to me anytime we're in a casual situation. I am always assuming uh, it's off the record. Um, but yeah, no, you get a couple drinks and some guys and then, but I will tell you, uh, just as a tip for anybody out there, the best people to get information from are the ones that are pissed off. They want to tell you everything. <laughs> oh, yes. So, so if there's a breakup or somebody gets laid off, talk to them. They're the ones that will tell you everything. Amazing. So how do you kind of handle situations where maybe you post or write something and really kind of isn't received the best or, you know, people's reaction to some of the news that you're putting out there? Oh, man, that's happened. I got like a couple Reddit threads where people are saying I'm full of shit. Um and then it then a week later it's absolutely proven true um but they won't they won't say anything right but um i think 
as somebody that's sort of grown up in the information age, like I will tell you, I was born in the fires of the AOL chat rooms, right? So there's a lot of things that went on in there where people just insult you all day, every day. Um, I believe that as long as my stories are sourced correctly and that I've done my due diligence, um, I mean, I got raked over the coals for, you know, the Echo Fox uh, reporting that I did because, you know, Rick Fox has a lot of friends and, you know, even Richard Lewis um, did a sit down interview with him. Right. And I want to say, you know, uh, he said, you know, look, I think Richard said in the interview, look, we're friends. Uh, or something like that. Um, it was a great interview, and, and Rick spoke to Rich at length. But when I did my reporting on Rick Fox, I was just told that I have no idea what I'm talking about and that I was wrong. Well, unfortunately, you know, for them, my sourcing was, you know, very close to Echo Fox. So um, I was proven right. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. So you kind of just kind of brush it off and keep it moving. It's kind of part, you know, par for the course almost. Yeah, but I will tell you, you know, I I do get just I want to say like ulcers in my stomach anytime that I post a big story. I am a wreck because I don't want it to be wrong. I'm hoping my sources were a hundred percent correct. Like when I posted that, optic wasn't going to make it in Valorant. Um, I broke that story that Optic was not going to make it into the, you know, Valorant uh, uh, franchise league. I mean, I was destroyed by a lot of people. Oh, you're such a liar. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was just hoping to God that my source was correct. And I vetted as much as I possibly could. Um, but until the league came out and showed that Optic was not invited, I was an absolute train wreck. Right. I guess that's kind of part of it. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you have to just trust that the sources you know are talking the right things and aren't trying to throw you off the scent or anything. And that's happened. I can tell you. Um, uh, and even, you know, I, I, when I was talking to Jacob Wolf uh, back in the day, um, uh, we, I, I got caught. I, I got, uh, you know, I wrote a story. Um, and I don't remember exactly what the story was, but a guy was a jaded ex-employee and he didn't lie and, you know, didn't say, um, you know, anything wrong. But I basically got used to write a story to and give his side of the story exactly, to the world. Exactly. And uh, it only happened one time. And then me and Jacob talked about it. And, you know, he's like, Kev, this is, you know, you got to look out for this, this and that. And that was the only time it's ever happened. But yeah, no, I get it. There, there's that one time really opened up my eyes into, you know, what people are capable of. Interesting. So as we mentioned in 2021, you won the Journalist of the Year Award at the Esports Awards. So it was oh, yeah. like winning that award. You know, do you ever think you'd receive <laughs> anything like that? I can tell you this is such a great story. Um, Honestly, I, I did not think I was going to win. I, I just, I'm a newcomer. I'm a, I'm a newcomer. I'm old. I'm, um, you know, just, I'm not in the cool kids club, right? I mean, and Rich knows that I love him, but I've never been on Rich's show. <laughs> I think every other esports awards journalist uh, has been on either Richard or Duncan's show. Um, I've never been, you know, I've never been invited. And it doesn't mean, you know, that they don't like me or nothing, but I just, I've never been a part of the cool kids club. Right. So I just didn't think I was going to win, but let me tell you what happened. So before 
uh, we were at the mixer before the awards event, and Bryce Blum, who's there, um, he was the one that was going to be uh, announcing the award for Journalist of the Year. And he saw me, uh, we hugged it out, and we ju- I just said, dude, I'm not winning, so uh, whatever. I said, but if I do, I'll give you a huge hug. And he just goes, okay. And I didn't understand, you know, kind of the inflection he used. So uh, as the day and dinner wears on, um, it's time for, uh, you know, the announcement of uh, Journalist of the Year. Well, I'd gotten up. I went to the back of the room and I'm getting a soda. So I don't drink. Um, So I'm getting a Diet Coke. And a woman in a headset and an iPad runs over and goes, are you Kevin Hitt? And I said, yes. She goes, you need to go sit down at your table right now. Okay. It hit me. I'm not dumb. So I thought one of two things happened, right? I went, oh, shit, I might have won. Or they just want to get my reaction when I lose, (laughs) right? Or show me as, you know, the nominees are. So I'm sitting down at my table. And when my name gets announced, I think you can see on video, I'm starstruck. I'm just like, I I mean, I'm sitting at a table with um, just all these award winners, uh, Walshy and, and, and gosh, I forget all their names. But I was sitting at a table with everybody that had won already. And they announced my name. I was struck. Bryce just looked at me. And as I'm walking up to him, I said, you knew. (laughs) He didn't say anything. I gave him a big hug. And I didn't write anything. I literally did not write anything. Um, But, you know, gave a speech and, you know, walked off. And, uh, no, I I never thought I would win. But it was was a cool story. And what I think uh, Justin might have kind of – persuaded the panel was that, you know, we all send in videos uh, of what we've done. And so I sent in a video and I just said, you know, what I think is happening in esports is the space is maturing and esports journalism is maturing. And that's really what I'm trying to do is make sure that the right stories are being told in the right way. um, And, you know, and not gotcha journalism or TMZ stuff. And maybe that persuaded him, maybe it didn't, but I ended up winning and it was incredible. Well, congrats again. That was definitely, you know, an amazing highlight and definitely well-deserved. So I appreciate it. Yeah. They made the right decision. So I'll go them. All right. Yeah, um, no, it was cool. So what hurdles have you kind of encountered in esports reporting and, you know, what are some suggestions for how to maybe make it better as it goes forward? Man, uh, you know, right now the biggest hurdles are the in, in the state of the industry, the state of the economic situation of the world, COVID nineteen. Um, you know, there's so many hurdles out there right now, and money is drying up. But I think what you can see is that those that have the drive and the talent um, to get it done are the ones that are making it. Like, I love to say that, uh, tell the story that I, you know, I was George Ged's first editor, first editor in chief. I gave him his first job because I knew right away he was going to be very good at what he does. Um, and you know, he wrote us a letter. I said, okay, let's do a six piece sort of contract. Um, and, 
he did fantastic job. You know, I, a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill. But for me, you know, uh, there's a couple of different skill sets that can make it right. What I'm good at, I'm not a particularly great writer, by the way. I'm my my form and function of writing isn't the best. My editors make me look like I know what I'm doing. But what I am good at is I'm very trustworthy and people will talk to me um, because of that trustworthiness. And that's a big deal to a lot of the older folks, um, the ones with the money, right? The ones that are well, it's everyone with the that matters, you know, the right. godfather consigliere, like what's mm-hmm. said to Tom stays with Tom. And like that is <laughs> yes. valuable. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but, you know, the guys with you know, the purse strings, they hadn't seen that. They've seen a bunch of, you know, leak boys, as they say, and this and that. And they've been clamoring for people to trust, to talk to about the industry and to tell their story and things like that. Um, and then I think, you know, other than people that can get access, which I think is one group. Uh, which is I'm in the other side of the coin is those people that are just bright and articulate. I think, um, you know, Tobias sec from our, um, uh, sports business journal, that dude is probably the brightest, uh, e gaming journalist on the planet. He's the one that's tearing through the 160 page sec filings. Right. And then writing in a thousand words, what it means. Um, that guy is invaluable. And then, you know, again, you've got people like Jacob that are just so intuitive and so smart and know what they're doing. People like George, people like Rich, people like Duncan. Um, they just, they command an audience. Their analysis is very, very good. And people want to read what they write or what they put on video. And I think that's super important. So what do you think like the future of esports journalism? Is it more, you know, podcasts and ESPN kind of infotainment or, you know, what's, how does that evolve? Well, I think what you're seeing are the Jake Luckies of the world, right? I mean, this guy, he's, I've, I've I mean, spoken. Esports talk with him was pretty, you know, it was going well, you know, shout yeah, out to prediction. Really we had him first. Yep. So you yeah, think yeah. that's kind of the direction that it's going? Well, yeah. I mean, this guy has got the secret sauce, man. Charismatic, likable, doing quick video hits with and also, um, you know, God, the guy's the fastest retweeter of all time. He sees news and he can retweet something in 0.5 seconds before everybody else. Right. So, you know, but I will tell you, he doesn't consider himself a journalist, even though that's what he's doing. You know, I talked to him. I used to give him shit because I'm like, bro. Why do you keep asking for jerseys? Knock it off. You know, it's not ethical for a journalist. And, <laughs> you know, and he was like, Kevin, bro, I'm not a journalist. You need to think of me more like a talk show host. And I kind of went, oh, all right. Now that makes sense. I get it. Because, you know, uh, talk show hosts, they exchange gifts. Like yada, Jay Leno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's really, you're going to find these young charismatic up-and-comers that know how to navigate, you know, the world of social media, um, whether it's, you know, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook, um, Snapchat, whatever, you name it. It's going to be these young, charismatic people that are going to, like Mark Kai doing it on LinkedIn, right? You're going to have these people that just know 
how to, uh, you know, navigate the social media waters doing these type of content um, that are really going to take over. But I think what you're also seeing is a sort of consolidation of esports and gaming media um, where the people, uh, what do you say? The cream rises to the top, right? And I think that's also what you're seeing is that those people that have established themselves over the past five years um, that are doing good work, you know, like at Launcher, um, Deserto, um, you know, Dots, um, places like that. Um, those are the people that I think are going to have longevity because gaming and esports isn't going to go away. It may contract a little bit, but I still think there's growth on the horizon. Right. And I think kind of, you know, of the idea of the talk show host, mm-hmm. they're not probably investigative journalists. They're more exactly. like, this is what's going on. So I do yeah. think that there is all the stuff. And if someone who's maybe been on all sides of all of these investigative journalists over my, you know, six, seven year, 10 year in yeah. this space, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on and there's a lot of, you know, people may be saying or doing things and, you always. know, it's always. just not going the right way. Yeah. No, that'll always be the case, right? I mean, where there's money, there's going to be, you know, drama. And, you know, there's a thing that I learned from Dave Morgan before he left. He said, if it bleeds, it leads, right? That's what people like to to read about. But at the same time, people do want, you know, the best information of, of you know, the state of the industry and where it's going. And so we definitely feel that void. And that, so I still think there's going to be a lot of stories going forward. Definitely. So always the thing with the news and paywalls and how you oh, yeah. monetize it. I know that's the million billion dollar question since you know physical newspapers and digital magazines were kind of on the chopping block it's just i don't know how that mechanism works right no one of the cool things that i've you know learned about spj is that you know we have a um, a sales team and when i look at like who's subscribing it's a lot of universities and a lot of professional sports organizations that are subscribing to spj um and i think that's really super cool right that college students can read our stuff um it's like the dodgers the yankees the mets the angels um the astros like they're all reading our stuff right and so that's you know i think sbj's big advantage in the space is who's reading our stuff and who's subscribing um esports organizations i mean i've seen esports organizations subscribing you know three or four uh deep at a time so uh, yeah and so i i think it's important you know our business model uh you know no state secrets i i think you know subscriptions and conferences right and i think we're starting to do a pretty good job with that even uh in gaming and esports at sbj definitely someone who went to one of them definitely was a really amazing time so you know, if you're, oh, yeah. if you can get to one of them, I would definitely check them out. Yeah, for sure. Now they, I mean, it's just such a neat atmosphere and there's a lot to be learned at these things. I mean, we get the biggest hitters in the industry there and they're telling you what's currently going on and you know, what they're looking uh, at through their crystal ball. Amazing. So what tips do you have for, you know, people kind of trying to work in the esports business? I, I mean, there's so many different things, right? I mean, uh, whether you want to be in content creation, whether you want to be in um, competition, whether you want to be in logistics, um, right now, I think 
the content creation side is going to be the biggest booming section of esports. So if you know how to, you know, use Adobe Premiere and you know how to work uh, a camera and you know how to produce or direct or edit, I really think that's kind of the big deal. Um, that a lot of these orgs are looking for, you know, graphic design artists, editors, um, producers, uh, get good at those kinds of skills, right? I think that's really the big deal. And we're talking, you know, esports leagues, esports tournaments. They're all looking for those types. Um, so I think that's going to be the biggest sector of esports and gaming that opens up here soon. Um, but again, there's still lots of other ancillary, you know, areas, you know, such as being an agent, right? Or such as, you know, being in contract law, right? No, mm -hmm. trying to get these players the right deal so that they're not getting screwed over. So uh, if you're a professional and there's a, a skill uh, that you have and you're good at it, there's going to be space for you. So what about some tips for aspiring journalists, you know, people that are kind of getting into, you know, the esports reporting in the lane that you're in? Man, start sending out stuff. I, and if you have to, I know people say never, you know, write for free or do work for free. But if you're young and you want to get in the door, reach out to everybody. Shotgun blast an email to every single outlet and say, I would love to write about this. I want to show you that I can do it and see if they'll take a shot. I, I think that everybody um, should go out there, submit, 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 freelance, pitch. I think you've got to hit as many outlets as you possibly can. But remember, you need to be an expert of your space because the esports audience will rip you to shreds if you don't know what you're talking about. So I think you need to make sure that you learn the space in and out, or at least your particular area, and then submit and pitch to as many different outlets as you can, or find the most influential person on the planet that will talk to you, break a story, send it in, and that would be a big way to getting into the industry. Definitely. I think that's a really great point, you know, that sometimes the exposure, the opportunity is the payoff. That's the financial reward. That's what you're getting for the opportunity. Exactly. There's only so many articles you can publish. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's people that, uh, you know, want, I can tell you there were places that wanted me to write 10 articles a day. And I'm just like, no, I can't do that. I'm not writing 10 pieces a day. Um, but like I said, for me, it was my ability to um, get to the bottom of a couple of key stories and get access um, that propelled me to where I am. And that's definitely something that if you've got a, a friend in a high level place and you can break a story, that's definitely one way to get in that works. Definitely. So to kind of bring this towards the end, what's the future for you? You know, where, you know, where do you go from here? Man, so my end game, and I've told people this, my end game at the end, I want to be the commissioner of Pac-12 esports. Like I literally want to either, you know, Big West, Big Ten, Big 12, whatever it is. I want to be the commissioner in a collegiate esports league because I think collegiate esports is a space that is going to take off. I mean, it's so inexpensive compared to athletic teams, right? Mm -hmm, you got to buy, buy 10 computers at 3K each. 
Or and you kind of get yeah. them because you have a sponsorship from... Exactly, dude. Yeah. And those graphic cards, you're going to be able to play any game. Going forward, anybody that's got even you know a 3060 or 3080 going forward, you're going to be able to play every single game. Uh, so unless it burns out, you won't even need to redo graphics cards every five years. So I, I, in my end game, I would love to be the commissioner of a collegiate uh, esports conference. Well, as someone who's very, you know, bullish and keen in the college esports scene in oh, the yeah. high school one, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I believe that it'll mirror what you have and your one day Michigan Ohio State League of Legends match exactly. will be a huge tailgate the same way the football That'd game be all, is. Right? How I mean how cool it could you be? It will be. I I yeah. see it. Five, ten years, it will be. Yeah. Could you imagine having that tailgate, having a you know, a fifteen hundred yeah, exactly. and having yeah. League of Legends inspired booze and stuff? Yeah, yeah, no, fifteen hundred seat arena, people going crazy, whatever it is. Yeah, no, I can I definitely see that happening because people are seeing how inexpensive it is and how popular it is. So no, I, I absolutely agree and I, I can't wait for that to happen. Amazing. So, you know, thank you so much. I kind of like to end each episode with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? CSGO, man. My favorite game to watch is CSGO and the Ninja Diffuse. Um, What about your favorite game to play? My favorite? See, so if we're talking esports games, my favorite esport game to play is also CSGO. Um, but I'm actually a total war nerd and Blood Bowl, so I play the shit out of any Total War title, and when Blood Bowl 3 comes out in February, you won't even see me. <laughs> so who's your favorite video game character? Oh, that's a that's a great question. Uh, favorite, I mean, now that you can add so many from multiverses, right? Even Shaggy. Uh-huh. Um, I think <laughs> I'm going to... Oh man, um, I am going to go with Ryu from Street Fighter. Okay, definitely a classic. You can't ever yes. argue with that one. Yes. Um, so yes, yeah, it's amazing. And as a multiverses fan, I'm definitely digging with that game too. I love it. Yeah, and all the different characters with Shaggy, LeBron, and you know all the others. Marvin it's the so Martian. Cool. Yeah, exactly, dude. That's such such a dope game. So smart to license, you know, all the other IP in it. So super cool. Amazing. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell me where they can connect with you and see what you're working on. Yeah, no, Justin, always a pleasure to be here, man. So, yeah, just very simple, um, at Kevin underscore hit, H-I-T-T on Twitter. And I think my Instagram is actually my volleyball handle under set the four, which is a high outside set. So S-E-T-T-H-E four the number four set the four and that's my instagram come on down and uh if you want to know the latest and greatest what's happening in the world of esports come check it out amazing so everyone make sure to give him a follow i know he's always breaking some really exciting stuff and thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on twitter justin j esq and check apple Podcasts for all our past episodes the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.